0: uh, Worship guys, out. We're talking about today uh, transformed uh, friendships, okay? And and this this kind of this kind of message is going to tie into today and some of the particulars of today. And uh, I believe that you know some of the the greatest changes you're trying to make are connected are related to the friendships that you have in, in your life. The course and trajectory of your life is connected to the relationships that you have in your life. And so today is kind of like the final installment of our series, Transformation, or Transformed. Um, and, and I'll start with just a little uh, personal experience and story that just happened recently. Some of you guys know that my, my, uh, my wife's father passed away just recently, my father-in-law. And we just celebrated his life uh, just a couple of weeks, June 22nd. Of the sheer uh, January, excuse me, Hello, January. Uh, can't wait till summer. Come on, everybody. Um, but while, while we were there, um, I, I got really, really impacted by, by some things that I didn't know about him. And um, we had a, um, we had a, 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 an, like an interim in a gravesite ceremony where his body was buried first, and then the next day there was a memorial. And he, um, he had a, a couple of friends. There were just these long-standing relationships, and, and I was so impacted by the duration, um, the distance, the quality of them as well. He had two best friends. One of them was his best friend for 46 years, 46 years, best friends, and then his other best friend, 60 years. Now, the one that he'd been best friends with for 60 years uh, drove from South Carolina to come to the internment. There was this, he was, a, my father-in-law was a veteran. They, you know, on behalf of the president, they gave him a flag. It was this big formal thing. It's really amazing. He drove from South Carolina to be at that. Then he had something with his grandkids, drove all the way back to South Carolina to be with something of his grandkids that night. And then because he was speaking the next day at the memorial service, he drove all the way back from South Carolina to Alabama to be there for the memorial. He's in his 80s, this guy that was the commitment, the unconditional love, the sacrifice. But what was even more impactful than the duration and the sacrifice was what he said about my father-in-law, which was in so many words, he has never met a person who exemplified Christian uh, behavior or lifestyle more than my father-in-law, 60-year friend. And it just, it marked me. It messed me up in a good way. I thought to myself. You know, we, my wife and family have a phrase. It'll seem weird to you guys, but we called it a funeral. It's not a funeral. It's a funeral. So we really celebrate his life. Nobody thinks that's funny, honey, down here. We have fun. So they're like, whoa. Um, so he wanted to celebrate his life. And so he even, you know, organized his whole funeral and how it was going to go. So we had to follow his playbook to a T. It was pretty funny. But um, but I was so marked by this this friendship that he had. I was so marked by... Uh, the commitment, the sacrifice, the unconditional love, but also the testimony about my father and I thought, what will people say at my funeral what 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 will be my testimony? you know what will be spoken of me and 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 what friends will be there on that on that final day and I, I just thought I want that, and I think that 's just kind of a quick picture it doesn 't do it all, but just kind of a a testimony of What we're trying to do, where we're trying to go as a church. A couple weeks ago, uh, we had Vision Sunday. We call it No Excuse Sunday for those of you who are here for the first time. It's the one time we tell everybody to be in church. Every other time, we're just saying, you get to, you don't have to. But on that day, we're like, please, show up if this is your home. And like, why? Because we gave vision. And our vision, in a nutshell, is to connect people who are disconnected. Kind of fancy when your names connect, right? It's like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) And so we believe, like, we exist to connect people who are far from God, because a lot of people know about God, but they don't know God personally. We try to help facilitate that connection. And then we believe people are far from uh, their purpose. They don't know why they're here. So I don't know him, and I don't know why I'm here. That's, our, that's kind of our, our, our vision in a nutshell. But the next thing we try to do is we try to take people on a journey. And so uh, I'll get to that. Hopefully this will obey me. Okay, and so our purpose statement, this is what we're up to is we're trying to take people on a life-changing spiritual journey. What, what, what do I mean by that? Well, we say this a lot, but sometimes it doesn't connect. That your best year will be if it's your best year spiritually. Because you actually are created like God, and you are a spiritual being having a human experience. This thing right here, it's temporary. It's just, it's just uh, it's corruptible it won't be there forever but there's a part of you that will go on and on and on and on but that's the when and then but in the here and now what are we here for because if it's just to get to know god make this connection in our heart so we can go to heaven and just wait till he comes back that we're missing a massive part of life and that's that's the why am I here part, and that's the part that we're trying to help with a lot. And how we help people is by facilitating, fostering, connecting people in relationships. Is everybody tracking with me out there? And so here's our conviction, depending on how you were raised, this will, you know, connect with some of you. For some of you church people, you came to church because you thought by going to church you would connect with God. And that's not a bad thought, and that's not completely untrue. In fact, We believe that you can encounter God. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. So what we just did was more than an emotional high, you know, for some people. Uh, A lot of it has to do with your expectation. A lot of it has to do with your pre-existing relationship you already have. If you already have a relationship with God and you expect to encounter God, guess what? You will. You will. He hangs out with people who are talking about him, who are loving on him. Don't you want to hang out with people who, who are talking about you in a good way? Amen? <laughs> let's, talk, let's, let's clarify. Let's clarify for a second. So, so, he, so, so people are encountering God. And if you can encounter God, in a sense, almost anything can happen. But ultimately what, what could happen is something's going to happen on the inside of you. There's, there's we, we would call it a heart change. So, so we have this conviction that in space like this, people's hearts can be changed like that in a moment. In the blink of an eye, a defining moment, a decision, in a second, you could cross the line from unbeliever to believer, from doubt to faith, from trusting in you to trusting in God, from hopeless to hope-dealer. You could literally all, just in a second because of this little muscle you have called the will, which God gave you freely, so you could freely exercise it. And when you make that decision, something can happen on the inside of you. That's real. We believe for that. Okay, so our conviction is: our, this is fancy. See this little. This means change. I just wanted you to see how smart I was. Heart change. Heart change. Second can happen just like that. And we believe for that. We actually try to facilitate that. We actually try to cooperate with God, not compete with God for moments like that to happen. We do our part. We believe God will do his part. Okay, so that's, that's, our, that's our conviction. But here's another conviction we have, is that life change happens as a process. It's a journey. Uh, and so we have to create a pathway And it's a little fancy, so I'm kind of giving you a little leadership inside track at Connect. We're not, my daddy used to talk about something that I never experienced. He used to talk about playing marbles as a kid. How many old enough to remember playing marbles? Raise your hand, okay? And then, wow, praise the Lord. There's some maturity in this house. Um, But my daddy used to say, we're not just playing for funsies, we're playing for keepsies. Because sometimes you play marbles, and if you didn't, you didn't win, you, they'd take your marbles away. And so he, everybody look around and go, is this for funsies or is this for keepsies? And so I think a lot of people come to church, and they just think, oh, we're just playing for funsies. No, we're actually coming to church to take people somewhere. Not to just kind of have, you know, get high in Jesus, you know, and and spin around and do cartwheels and go to small group and sing kumbayas and eat Doritos and go home. We're here, come on somebody, we're here to take some people on a life-changing spiritual journey where we become more and more like him. We reflect him, his character, his, his attitudes, his personality, his, his presence and spirit on the earth. And so we believe for these experiences, but we build on relationships. Is everybody tracking? Okay. So that's what's going on. So our process, this is going fancy again. So everybody hang on. Wow. You're going to be like, man, this church is smart. Pastor's man, he's brilliant. Okay. So. So you're, we're all doing, we talked about this a few months ago, we're all doing life in circles. You, you have a circle of, uh, that you're in. You're, you're in a community that's not a part of a church, but that some of you are experimenting and thinking about. Some of you here today, first time, you're like, I wasn't in church, now I'm, I'm inside a church, it's a public space. This, is, this, this could be a place where you, 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 you look around and you're like, I, I like it, but these are not my People. You know what I mean? And, and and until you feel like they're your people, there's there's a little there's a little disconnect. And so what do you do about it? You have a choice. You can either like just bail and go try to find somebody else that's your people. And and we might not be your flavor. We might not be your feel, and that's okay. Some people want a little bit more conservative. Some people want the organ and the pipe and pipe and organ, and and some people want the the violins. And some people and some people want to break it down. You know what I mean? Some people want smoke machines and electric guitars. Come on, somebody, that's who we are. Okay. And so we sing Journey here at church. Okay, everybody, and Brian Adams. Okay, in, in the '80s. All right. So. Sorry. So in this space, you, 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 you might have an acquaintance. You might kind of make a couple connections. or like an acquaintance. What we're trying to do, though, is move you to smaller circles of relationships because the more intimate they become, the more inclined you are to be transformed. You, you can have a heart change here, an experience here, but you can have transformation in friendships over here over time, and we're going to unpack that for you, so we're trying to take, I'm trying to get you to go to the Warriors event, guys, because now you're going to know 10, 15, 20 guys, and though you, you know, though you hardly spoke the whole time, you played ball together. (laughs) Wives wives ask their husbands when they come back from retreats, like, what'd you guys talk about? We're like, nothing. (laughs) They're like, you were together for two days. What do you mean? You didn't, we didn't say anything. We just golfed and played football and ate steak. They're my bros. i die for them. Okay? That's how it works, ladies. So we're here, and then we're trying to get you to get into a small group where people are sitting in a circle, and and everybody's kind of eyeball to eyeball, you know, and they're telling stories, and and every now and then we put somebody in the middle, and we kind of go like, duck, duck, goose. You know what I mean? Hot seat, you're it. No, we don't do that. We don't do that. We do that like the fourth or fifth week. We do that. I'm just kidding. So then after we get, then out of this, this is small groups and teams. That's not the end point of relationship. Listen, that's the starting point. Because somewhere in here, this is like acquaintance. This is like acceptance. This is where you feel encouraged and edified because you're, you're you're in groups that are talking about marriage. You're in you're in groups that are that are helping you accountability. You're in groups that are that are helping you, uh, you know, raise your kids and 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 you, all different types of groups going on here. We'll talk about that. But inside that, you might meet one or two or three people where you can come out from behind the mask or behind the fig leaf and be real. And until. By the way, fake is exhausting. So you're wearing yourself out living behind a mask. But if you can find a few people, and it can't be everybody. It can't be in church. And please don't do that here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be real, but not with you. Okay, but there's a few people I got to be real with, but if you can get real with a few people, that's why I'm, that's what I'm telling you transformation actually comes. This is our conviction. Heart changed in a second. Life change is a journey, and we want to take you on that journey. So our goal is to just get you to take a step. So if you're out of church, get into church. Get some some people who are kind of pursuing God, sitting under the word. We call that, it's a phrase, we call it sitting under the word. When you hear the word of God, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17, you begin to be transformed. All right? And then we're trying to say, get into a little bit smaller circle, you know, where where you're you're going to the the, the marriage seminar. Some of you, like 200 people went to the marriage seminar. I think you were blessed for that. All right, but there's a lot more people in our church. Uh, when we have events for men and for women and for kids and, and, our, and our middle school group and our high school group and our five, get your kids in those things and then what you know what we're going to do? We're going to point you to a smaller circle to try to get you in small groups and teams. Why? Because we want to take you on a life-changing spiritual journey. Is everybody with me? That's our goal. So here's our big idea in a nutshell. Write this down if you're taking notes, and I know you are. Big idea is this. To build strong friendships... We have to raise the level from convenient to committed. And I'm not going to hold back on this. I'm just saying the secret sauce to relationships, being successful in your life, is moving from convenience to committed. Now, I learned and am still learning the benefit and power of relationships. What discouraged me, this is just my story, is when I got into ministry. (laughs) Because when I got into ministry, I went from my own problems with my own family to all y'all's problems. And I realize people are dysfunctional, broken, and busted, and got issues. How many believe you got issues? Okay. All right. If you're not raising your hand, you got issues. You got a lot of issues. Okay. And so I like church from the standpoint of we got to give them the good news and have an experience in church. And they came to know Jesus. And they're going to go to heaven. And that's awesome. The good news is they're going to go to heaven. But the bad news was they're not going fast enough. Because they're weird, and they're broken, and they're busted. That's what I was saying. You're like, Pastor, I can't believe you just said that. You can't believe what I didn't say. (laughs) Because people are high maintenance, high maintenance. And so you got people out there in your relationships that are discouraging you from going on that journey. I get that. You got different types of people. You got you got complainers and you got critics and you got the competitors that keep score of everything. You got the sponge that just is all about them. And you got the, the cold shoulder person won't even look at you or make eye contact. You know what I mean? You're like two people in a room and you won't even look at each other. And the control freak that has to tell you how everything's gonna go, right? The steamroller that's just like just plowing over everybody. And the the complainer who, the complainer always finds something wrong. The complainer will find dust on the streets of gold in heaven. (laughs) Right? How many know people I'm talking about right now? You can see them in your minds. The faces are coming clear, right? And here's what you're thinking. I'm so glad I'm not like one of them. (laughs) See where I'm going with this? See, you're thinking, not me, right? No, I'm not. No envy here. No control here. No, you know, no steamroller here. No critic here. See, if you think that, you don't need this message. You need therapy. (laughs) You need therapy, okay? So anyway, so what happens is when those broken things happen in relationships, broke things you can fix, bruises heal, you know, wounds heal. But what happens in relationships mostly is splinters. It's a wound under the skin, and unless we pull that thing out, it stays infected. And some of us are infected by broke, busted relationships. Some of it's a perspective we have on them because we we believe people hurt, but we don't also believe people heal. And because of that, we leave the splinter there. And we keep our relationships at the level they are or not at all, which is even more dangerous to be in isolation. Are you tracking with me, everybody? So this is not in your notes, but the course and quality of our life is not just determined by who we are. It's determined by who we are with. See, just a couple weeks ago, we celebrated the apex of professional football. Can I have an amen in this house? I just felt the glory of the Lord coming to the room. And 32 teams at the beginning of the season had a dream. And two weeks ago, I talked to you about the dream for your life. That God had a dream for your life. And there were, how many were here two weeks ago? And I talked about the dream busters that get in the way, right? I I was really just... Pumping up the jam. Like, God gave you a dream. And some of you have forgotten it. Some of you don't know where it is. And some of you have let obstacles get in the way of it. But let me just tell you something as a follow up to that message that connects to the story. See, 32 teams in the NFL had a dream to win the Super Bowl. But they could have a good dream, but only one team emerged, the champions. Come on, let's just have a moment. And it was the Patriots, everybody. Come on, six times. And, and, and that one team didn't win the Super Bowl because they had a good dream. They won the Super Bowl because they had a great team. So some of you have dreams, but you'll never fulfill the dream if you're not on a good team. Your dream will never be, listen to me, ever be fulfilled unless you're on a, unless you're on a great team. You're doing life with a group of people that literally changed your life. God wants you to see this so bad. When God created Adam, I was doing a Bible study just re- recently, and I was looking at this story, and, you know, I was, you know, my humorous side comes in. I was reading it, and, you know, Adam's in the garden, he's all there by himself. And I always think of myself, or like Brian Barnes, or like Devin. And God looks down from heaven and just says, Yeah, those guys can't be by themselves. Yeah, Brian's gonna hurt himself. Derek, Derek by himself in the garden. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think he looked down from heaven at, at Adam, and Adam had some gifts and some talent, but he wouldn't do good by himself. So he said, "I got to, I got to give him some help." But I thought, I thought when I was reading that, looking at it from thirty thousand foot view, I was saying to myself, "God, he wasn't alone, cause you were there." What what about that? What's the deal with that? And it was as if he said to me, Derek, you don't understand. He needs me. He needs someone who looks like me, who represents me, who speaks for me in order for him to become like me. Some of you didn't you missed an opportunity for an amen. You didn't get what I was just saying there. In other words, for me to become the best me, I need somebody else besides me. See, you can't do life alone. You cannot Fulfill the dream that God has put in your life by yourself. So you're going to have to learn how to do life with other people, and you're going to have to get over some of the splinters in your life. And so there's these three levels of relationship. Let me show you these levels that you might be living in right now. First level is the surface level, surface friendships. It is what it sounds like. And I would submit most people are living at this surface level. I think this is the best sometimes people get. People you see here, people you see there, you might not even know their name. They're at the checkout at the grocery store. You go through it week after week, year after year. You still don't know their name. You're like, hey, buddy. (laughs) If you're in the South, you're like, hey, buckaroo, you know. My wife was saying the girls. I was like, what do the girls do? They don't say stuff like that. You know, you don't know something like that. She said, we just kind of get higher in our voice. We're like, hey. I don't know. Is that close? Something like that? Just kind of elevates, you know? It's like, I see you. You know what I mean? But I don't know. (laughs) Hee, hee. I don't know you. All right. In the south, in the South, we have a surface social. Like, will I learned this the hard way, but, but people will come up to, to me in the South years ago, and I meet all these friendly people, and they, every single one of them I met, like, hey, let's get together. We should get together. And I'd go home stressed. I'd be like, I'm not going to have time for my family. <laughs> like, there's no more time if I said yes, you know? Then I came to realize later on, they didn't mean it. It meant nothing. <laughs> when they say that, means nothing. So now... I'm northwise, so I go down the south. They say something like, yeah, when can we meet? Yeah, when? They're like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They start giving you the Heisman, you know what I mean? Like, they start going Massachusetts. They start backing up into their garages, closing the doors, pulling the blinds down, <laughs> shutting the doors, not answering phones. They go Massachusetts on us. Okay. All right, there's different types of relationships. <laughs> Structured relationships. This is the next level of relationships, these friendships, okay, these are ones I submit. Some of you encounter on a regular basis. This could be people at work; they become your friends. Why? Because you go to work every day. Uh, they could be people you play ball with, people you go to the gym with, people you go to the spa with. Um, I don't know how many of you guys go to the spa, but anyway, I just threw that in there. Um, These are people that you sign up to do life with in some way for the purpose of progress or growth or some cause. You could be a kid, and you want to learn how to do gymnastics. This is what I did with my girls years ago. Some of you have been through Next Steps. You've seen my little example on this. My daughter wanted to learn how to, you know, do back handsprings and cartwheels, and so I took her, and then she ran back to me, even though I paid money for her to learn cartwheels and gymnastics, and she's, I don't want to do it. She's crying, running back. I'm like, no, 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 you're going back out there. And what she was saying when she looked at me is these are not my people. And then I looked at her and I went, they'll be your people because I paid money for those people. <laughs> and later on, they were having sleepovers. Okay, so in our spiritual lives, which should have the highest impact in our life, right, right, we sometimes don't sign up For something, for the sake of progress or growth, because they're not our people. See, we should want to do something structured, and it's out of that structured relationship sometimes we find our people. Sometimes we grow in relationship. Is everybody with me? And so here's the final one. The highest level is what we call solid, secure friendships. Uh, In church world, we'll sometimes call them committed or covenant-type relationships. They're biblical examples for these types of relationships, all through the Old and the New Testament. It's unconditional love. It's self-sacrifice. It's it's you know it's a heart connection. Uh, it's 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 a deeper commitment than a surface or even structured relationship. It's somebody that you're doing life with, kind of heart and soul. Most people in this room have never experienced what I'm talking about. I can remember when. I was uh, much younger than I am now in ministry. Uh, we only had Devin as, as, uh, as a, ch- a child at that time, just one child. We were living right around the corner here. And my best friend at the time, I remember calling. I was in the shower. My wife interrupted me and said, uh, your friend's on the phone. And I got on the phone, and my friend told me that his father had just passed away, had a heart attack. And I remember responding to this, um, you know, you know, deep sorrow and sympathy, and and he didn't ask me for anything. But the natural response, for in my opinion, for me, would be to be there for him. But because of my circumstances, I, I don't know if I can communicate this well. I hope I can. But because of my circumstances, we were dirt poor. We, didn't know, we couldn't rub two dimes together. I had a, a new baby. I, 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 there was nothing in my checkbook. I made a decision based on my financial checkbook versus my relational deposits. I decided I can't go. I can't afford to go and be there for the funeral. I remember telling him that. He says, I completely understand. Skip ahead. Years later, my friend got married. I was the best man along with another guy, two best men in his wedding. We got in front of the whole group. My friend wanted to uh, say a few words. He turns to my other friend and he says, I want all you guys to know that... um, Michael, my friend, I just want to say to you, I'm so grateful. I'll never be able to express how much it mattered to me, how much it meant to me, how deep the commitment I feel towards you because you were there for me when my father died, before, during, and after. And we will have a bond. that. And, he, and as soon as he started talking about that, I, just, I, I, I broke. I had to hold back the tears. But I left and I said, you know what? May it never be said of me, that my checkbook will dictate my commitment to my friends. May it never be said to me that it's a little inconvenient, that I won't be there for my closest friends. And if they called upon me, I'm there. And it marked me. It changed me. And so what I'm telling you is sometimes the secret sauce to what you're missing that brings about the transformation that God has for you is moving from convenience, surface, to committed, secure, solid relationships. Years later, I've reaped some of the benefits, and I can only just share part, parcel of these kind of stories because of time, but I can remember years later pouring into a particular person, and his mother died, and he lived in Kansas. His family lived in Kansas, but he lived here. He flies home. I says, I'm going I'm to go home with you. I want, and, and he was so grateful. And I went to Kansas. And I, I remember praying for his mom who was in a medicinal coma. We were praying for her to come back. And she didn't. And then she went on to be with Jesus. And I stayed there before, during, and after I was there for, for my friend. And it, it made a big difference. And I'm not saying this is the only way you can make a difference. This is just a particular example. Anyway, um, it, it was a deposit in him, a commitment based on sacrifice, unconditional love, just, just being there on a big day. Years later... We were again kind of roughing it. Uh, we were on a vacation that somebody else paid for, and we were struggling with different things. We owned a house right down the street here, and we were the pastors of this church. And if you looked at our house, you'd feel bad for us. Apparently, my friend did. And so my friend rallied some other people that are actually in this church, and he gathered them all, and they fixed and did all these repairs on our house while we were on vacation, and painted our entire house while we were on vacation. We came back. I remember pulling in the driveway. And we were just overwhelmed. Like, oh, I, I know words. How is this possible? It was because of a of committed relationship. Now, sometimes it's not as big and grandiose as that. I know some people that, that, that are in the last service. I was just thinking about them. One's in this service right now. And I've done very little, really, by virtue of investment. Maybe a lot from here to there. But one-to-one, you know, a dinner or two, uh, some text messages, some phone calls, some encouragement, things like that. But basically, I, I heard somebody's story. And because I connected with their story, I didn't judge them for the the things that had happened in their life. They felt connected and committed. And the same people that I just made that kind of commitment to are saying things like, I'm there for you no matter what, all the way to, I'll take a bullet for you. So God wants you to have relationships like that, and you can. You can, but you have to move from surface uh, to solid and secure, and it's going to require some changes. Here's what the Bible teaches. Write this down. Few friends are true friends. Wow, time's flying. Few friends are true friends. Proverbs 18.24 says, friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks to you like what? Like family, like family. Proverbs 17.17 says, friends love through all kinds of weather, all kinds of difficulty, it doesn't matter. See, some of your friendships right now, they're not true friends; they're convenient intersections. You guys, you know, one of the biggest challenges for you who have kids and they get into high school, they get into high school, they're the middle, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, and and, and all their friends have so many friends, so many friends, life's friends, life's all about friends. Then they transition to college, and all of a sudden, it's like, no. And then they get out of college. Why? Because they never learned how to have committed, intentional relationships because all of their relationships were simply convenient. And all these hundreds of friends they had sometimes come down to nothing because we don't know how to make that adjustment. So what I would encourage you, fast forward, is don't just pick what you like. Pursue what you need. Some of us, we need... We want the asset of the relationship, but we don't want the corresponding agitation that comes with that relationship that causes us to grow and change. I I missed another amen in this house. Somebody, You're not getting what I'm saying. In other words, oh, I like this because I feel accepted, but when sometimes you stick your finger in your eye or you poke around or you see something or you say something that I don't like, but it's actually helpful, I don't like that part. So to build something, sometimes you need someone who's not like you. That's why marriages sometimes don't work because we're trying to make our partner just like us. If I clone him, we'll be one. No, you'll be an idiot. <laughs> and you're going to be miserable. Okay? It doesn't work like that. I also think sometimes people are committed to people for what they're building, not for who they are. So in other words, I, I, like relation, I, I want relationships where people aren't committed to what I'm building. They're committed to me, a person. So you need to think about that and sometimes in your relationships. You know, when Jesus was, the, the disciples were leaving him at one time, Jesus turned to Peter and said, are you going to leave me now too? And he says, how can I leave you? you? You offer me the words of eternal life. In other words, Peter was saying in that moment, I'm committed to you as a person. See, if people are committed to you because of your big project, because of your the big thing you're doing, because of the the big the bigness of your life and not to the person, when something bigger comes along, when some other bigness, when some other add value, when some other prettier boy or prettier girl comes along, they'll leave you high and dry because they're not committed to you, the person. They're committed to the bigness of the moment. Is everybody tracking with? With me, you need to have relationships where people are committed to you as a person, and the word for that is loyalty. True friends are loyal. God is loyal, He loves people who are loyal, and loyalty is never revealed in the face of other it, it's revealed sometimes with testing. It's it's only revealed in the face of other choices and opportunities. Loyalty is revealed by the actions in your absence. See, so you don't know if people are loyal until you have an opportunity not to be loyal. Question, don't answer this. Are you loyal as a friend? Because loyalty begets loyalty. Number two, write this down. Uh, Friends will speak the truth to you. Friends speak the truth to you. Friends come into your life, true friends, and they should be able to have that truth and grace and the truth and love balance. You know, my my daddy used to say, love will tell you your breath stinks. And see, I think there's a better way than that. I think that's truth, but I don't think it has grace. I think truth says, here's a tic-tac. <laughs> you know? Step back, have a tic-tac. Okay, and so there's a way to do that. Mix those two things up. It's, it's you are allowing somebody to kind of stick their finger in your eye, but carefully. You don't let just anybody stick their finger in your eye. My, my wife's the only one who can put... Her finger in my eye, if there's something in there, and I'm a baby about it. Amen. Okay. (laughs) Proverbs 27.6, write this down. The wounds from a friend are worth it. Kisses from an enemy do you in. Here's another thing about true friends. Friends refresh us. True friends refresh us. They revive you. They give. They don't try to get uh, Proverbs 27.9 uh, uh, says it like this. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. A sweet friendship. Do you have friends that are refreshing? Are, are, they, are, they, are they sucking the life out of you? Do you hear a beeping noise when they show up? Beep, beep, beep. You know what I mean? You got to be careful, all right? You got to find those friends. Uh, number four, write this down. Friends... Sharpen one another. True friends, sharpen one another. In Proverbs 27, 17, great verse. This whole chapter of Proverbs 27 is really about friendship, To believe it or not. Most Proverbs are singular verses. It says, you, you use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. Sharpen means to enhance or to improve. And so how sharp you are is connected to who you are rubbing up against. Okay, everybody? So it's not, again, just who you are. It's who you are with. So if you're dull, it's because you're hanging around some dull people. You need to be around some people that are sharpening you, that are making you better, that are stimulating you to growth. The Bible, it's not in your notes, but Proverbs thirteen twenty 20 says, uh, he who walks with the wise grows wiser still, but a companion of fools suffers harm. So you're It's not it's not who you are, it's who you're with. That's the first part of that verse. Wise walk with wise, get wiser. The second part of the verse is basically saying you're not a fool. It's saying you you are hurt because you're hanging around fools. You're in the shrap metal of foolish behavior. Be careful. So it's, sometimes we're just all thinking about who I'm going to be with instead of whom I'm going to build with, who I'm going to grow with. How a, You can't accomplish your dream by yourself. Even Jesus realized this before he did any miracle, before, you know, before he healed the sick, before he uh, you know, died on the cross, before he rose from the grave, he built a team because he knew he couldn't accomplish his dream until he built a team. Can I have an amen? amen. So here's kind of a summary statement. A relational summary is you are either a plus person or you're a minus person. It's kind of an oversimplification, but this is just, this is just to cause you to say, am I adding or am I subtracting? Am I, a, am I a multiplier or am I a minus type person? Because who I am is who I attract. And so if you want to attract the right kind of people to your life, uh, this young little girl was just asking me, like, I have no friends, and, you know, and, blah, 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 and she's complaining about her circumstance. And I said, you need to focus on this next point I'm going to make, which is you need to become the right person. This is sometimes why we're not finding our soulmate, our helpmate, our our, our life mate is sometimes because we gotta get whole. It's not fifty-fifty makes one in the economy of God. It's God wants you to be whole. Adam wasn't lonely in the garden, he was all one alone. It's quiet in this Catholic church right now. Hitting the nerve. So you want to get whole, everybody. You want to be the right person. You want to grow. See, sometimes we want just everybody to like us. If you want everybody to like you, don't become a leader. Sell ice cream. (laughs) So it starts with you. Amen? Write this down, number two. Committing time and energy to relationships builds strong friendships. So All these kind of covenant, committed, whatever, solid, secure relationships that I'm talking about, they require time and effort. They require cultivation. All relationships need that. I'd love to tell you some of the ingredients of what I think are strong, life-giving friendships. I'll do that in another message, but I'll tell you this. Something happens where the dynamic in the relationship changes because the commitment goes down. You know, some of you guys are married, and so you can remember when you were dating or when your, your beau became your, you know, your fiancé, and, and, and you made that decision, you're going to get married. But, you, you know, guys, you can remember when your fiancé would ask you, she, she forgot something, you know. She gets home, and, and she calls you and says, oh my gosh, I forgot to get the clothes to the cleaners. Meanwhile, they're 30 minutes away. And so she just said, honey, do you think, I, I just don't have time right now to go back. and get, Do you think you can go get, you know, my clothes at the cleaners? Oh, sure thing, sugar boo, love. I'd be happy to drive all the way back there to get those things for you. But what happens in the dynamic, now we're married. We're in a, we're in a relationship where we lock and load, and the same mistake comes along, and then your honey asks you, honey, I, I think I forgot my clothes at the clean. Can you see where this train is coming, everybody? And the guy's like, what's the matter with you? you? You you have a memory problem? Why can't you wear that shirt again tomorrow? You know, and you need to start writing stuff down, right? So we lose sometimes that self-sacrificing, unconditional love and commitment to the relationships, and we wonder what went wrong. This is what I want to do. I want to pray for you guys. Would you guys put your notes away? I'm going to give you two pieces of instruction at the end of this prayer and a short video. They're super short, but I want to pray for some of you right now. Did you guys get something out of this? I want to tell you why you should commit to relationship with other people. (laughs) Because Jesus committed to relationship with you. With every head bowed, every eye closed. You might be here today for one purpose and one purpose only. Not to get into a connect group, but to connect with God. That's our purpose. That's why we're here as a church, to help you make that connection. And i got to tell you something. Your relationships in the here and now, won't work until you're connected to God of all relationships. And and that can happen with just a decision. It can happen in a moment. It can happen in a second where you can decide to stop trusting in what you could do, what you've done, or what you're planning on doing, and you trust in what's already been done on Calvary 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ gave his life for you, and you accept what he did, that he paid for your sins, past, present, and future. That was a gift. You can't pay for it. You can't earn it. You just accept that gracious gift by faith. And we, how do we do that? We pray and we say, thank you, God. And we confess that he is our Savior and our Lord. And we believe that what he did was for me. And so if you know. That he's knocking on the door of your heart, and you're listening online today to the sound of my voice. There's no distance in these words, and there's no distance in your prayer. And if you're listening in this room with every head bowed, please honor the people around you. You know God's speaking to you. I want you to raise your hand, good and high. Take courage and say, That's me, Pastor. I don't want to go another day. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Good and high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you over there. Thank you, sir, right there. Is there anybody else? I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss you. Thank you so much. I see your hand, sister. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. So this is a great, great moment in your journey, in your journey of faith. You're coming into the family of God. See, we all are God's creation. We're choosing now to be his children. If you're here and you just said that, you raised your hand, and if you've done this before, would you join me in this prayer? Everybody say this out loud. Say, Jesus, today I move from trusting in myself to trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ who died for me personally, paying for my sins, past, present, and future. I accept by grace through faith that promise. Salvation is for me today in Jesus' name. Father, for every person who prayed that prayer, seal it until the day of redemption. When you return, God, you'll return for them, and you're going to take them back to be with you forever. And we give you praise and honor in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap for those decisions. Hey, listen, two things real quick. You're going to have an opportunity in a couple minutes, to dis- as we dismiss, to find a group, find some people to do life with. Let me tell you something. Most, Be still. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. Most people never pray about who they're going to do life with. We pray about our life mate, or we should. We pray about our job, or we should. We pray sometimes about a major financial decision, or we should. But very rarely do people pray about who they should do life with. I want to encourage you. Ask God. To show you. See, when you pray, it's not just the eyes in your head open. The eyes of your heart open. And when you can see with the eyes that God has given you, if you can see see right, you can pick right. And then the next thing I just want to encourage you is, once you pray about it, pick a group. Pick a group of people to do life with. It won't always start out perfect. In fact, you might actually actually find your people in one week, and man, you're just off. Off to the races. It's awesome. Sometimes it could take a year Say, Pastor, could you be more positive? I'm positive. It could take a year sometimes. Sometimes it's a because pr- it's a process. When you were dating somebody, you didn't discover they were the right one right away. When you were raising your kids, you were pretty sure you didn't want to do life with them anymore. <laughs> it's a process. There's some bumps and bruises along the way. So I'm encouraging you to pick and 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 choose somebody, and then ask God to help you choose wisely. Amen.